This podcast will focus on Chapter 1, the introductory chapter for Leadership, Theory, and Practice, the 7th edition by Peter Northhouse. So I can feel the excitement already as I uh, start into this uh, textbook on leadership. There's nothing quite as exhilarating as reading the introduction of any textbook. Um, I'm joking, of course. So, you know, introductions are inherently dry, and I'm going to kind of speed through this one. Uh, You're certainly welcome to go back and uh, reread the introduction if you feel like you missed something vital. But, you know, you need introductions. They give you an overview. They give you a roadmap. They let you know where we're going and what the terms of interest are going to be. But they're not uh, typically uh, engaging or exciting. So uh, if you were looking for that podcast, you might want to skip forward a couple because this one's probably not, not the most exciting of my podcasts. Um, this uh, this podcast will talk about the importance of leadership. It will define it and describe it in terms of, you know, is it a trait or is it a process? You know, is it assigned, emergent, etc.? So let's jump right in and, and get started. Real quickly, the history of leadership um, as a field of study. From the turn of the century around 1900 till about 1930, um, there really was not a whole lot of, um, you know, it, 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 there wasn't a lot of study of leaders. Um, they, there was some study of, you know, control and how to centralize power, if you want to think about that as leadership. Um, in the 30s, you started to see the trade approach. The trade approach, also called the great man approach, is where uh, researchers begin to study leaders and anecdotally look at them and say, what traits do great leaders have? And if we know what, treat, what traits great leaders possess, can we then predict who will become a great leader? So as, even as a young child, if you see someone has um, you know, intelligence or wit or critical thinking or confidence, or whatever the trait is, and then you say, ah, they have the right traits to be a leader. So the idea was, you know, we'll train them up to be leaders. The people who don't have those, we will train them up to be followers. So originally there was this idea, if we can identify the traits that are central to leadership, then we will just choose those people that have the traits that are necessary to become a great leader. Uh, As you read chapter two, you will come to see that that didn't work out so well. And, uh, you know, we were unable to identify a series of traits that are predictive of great leadership. In the 1940s, we moved to more of a group approach, um, studying the, the group phenomenon of leadership uh, that include, that continued on into the 50s. The 60s uh, became more of a study of uh, behavior and leadership. So not so much what skills or traits does a leader possess to make them effective, but what behaviors do they exhibit? And if we can figure out what behaviors are most key to being successful, maybe we can teach leaders to um, behave in the right ways to be effective, right? And then in the 70s, you get into more of organizational behavior components, uh, including things like motivation and, and, and things of that nature. In the 80s, you had an explosion of research. That's when leadership uh, research really took off in many ways. You had things like transactional and transformational leadership, which became in vogue. Contingency theories for leadership, if this, then this. So, you know, situational theories, in certain situations, certain behaviors are best. Uh, lots of that stuff uh, came out during the 80s. And then most recently, you've seen a, another kind of explosion of research centered around some different types of leadership, things like authentic leadership, spiritual leadership, servant, and adaptive. And um, in this course, we'll cover a few of these. I think these are some really interesting directions leadership is going. Uh, in many ways, a response to what's going on in the marketplace um, the lack of perceived uh, integrity, 
honesty and ethics that you see in a lot of uh, CEOs and uh, leaders of organizations um, and political organizations has led to more interest in things like authenticity and servant leadership and also the rapid change that you're starting to experience both in the marketplace and in a culture and society is really putting more of a premium on adaptive leadership skills. How quickly can you adapt uh, to a changing, a changing world? Um, as you conceptualize leadership, some different definitions you will see floated out there. Like I said, some focus on it as a group, the focus of group processes. Some look at it as a personality or a trait. Some look at it as a behavior or, or an act. Some focus on the power relationship between the leaders and the followers. Uh, some look at a transformational process where uh, leaders transform followers into something new and different. Some look at it as a skill. Um, I think when I define leadership for others, if, if there's no extenuating circumstances, I tend to think about leadership and explain it as influence. So at its, at its core, leadership is the capacity, ability, um, act of influencing uh, others um, towards some, some goal. And that, that's kind of the essence of leadership. Um, some different ways, again, to describe leadership or think about it. Uh, you know, you can look at it on a continuum trait versus process. So is it within the leader or is it a process and a relationship between the leader and the follower, something that's going on? Or is the leader being assigned or are they emerging naturally? You know, what's the relationship to the leader and power structure? Is coercion uh, a factor? And how is leadership related to management, which those terms are used often interchangeably, uh, but mistakenly, if you want to be truthful about it. Um, so a couple of different slides here is your, if you're looking through your deck um, on leadership trait versus process. Really what we're looking at here is does leadership reside within the individual or is leadership a function of the relationship or the process between that individual and others? So you know, if a, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? If a leader has no followers, is he or she a leader, right? I mean, if you have the traits and skills to be a leader, but there's no active process going on with followers, then are you really a leader? That's a different way to think about um, leadership. Um, in terms of assigned versus emergent, historically, you know, uh, leadership was originally looked at in terms of assigned leaders. So typically we looked at people who were in positions of power, uh, department heads, directors, team leaders, etc. More recently, uh, research has focused more on emergent leaders and the idea that, and a lot of this is due to decentralization in organizations, um, partly as a cost-cutting measure and partly as a response to change. You know, organizations are more nimble when they have fewer levels of leadership and bureaucracy. So if you can push power down and let people um, lead their own teams, lead themselves, that removes a layer of bureaucracy and, and a potential kink in the system. So there's been more emphasis and interest in emergent leadership and how the leaders emerge naturally. Um, and they can emerge in many ways. But one thing we've studied, and I've done actually some research in this, is you know there is a leadership vacuum sometimes. If you put people in a room and you don't assign a leader and you give them a project, typically a leader will emerge over time. Um, you know they Humans want a natural pecking order. We desire hierarchy at some level. We're always looking to see where do we fit within the system we're in. What is our place? What is our role? And if you don't give someone a role as a leader, one will typically emerge, right? Um, so that's been a big study of leadership. 
Um, talking about power for just a moment. So different bases of power. When, when, when you are in a leadership role, where do you derive your power from? Uh, you know, where do you derive your ability to affect others? Um, it can be both somewhat formal and informal. Um, it can come from things like legitimate power, which is based on your position or your title, like you're a director. It can come from your ability to provide rewards uh, or to punish people. It can come from your ability to relay information or not. All those are kind of formal channels of leadership. There's also more informal channels, like things like referent power and expert power, where your power is because of your uh, your qualities as an individual, not because of your title or your position. So referent power is typically the result of respect and trust and admiration. So you're willing to do things for someone that you wouldn't do otherwise uh, simply because of their personal um, their personal power, right? Uh, my, my, my former boss at my last institution is a great example of this. You know, he was just, he's a wonderful guy. And I always felt like he had the best interests of not only the organization, but my best interests at heart. He was always looking out for me. He was always, um, you know, protecting me and, and doing what he thought would be in my best interest, trying to help me, provide me any information he could, being transparent, being, having integrity. So all these things led to an admiration and a trust I had for him. So when he asked me to do something, I would do it w- without question most of the time. Not because he was my boss, but because I trusted him and because I had respect for him. So the fact he had the title of dean was a secondary issue for me. So that's a great example of referent power and how how it can be used. Um, So anyway, uh, position power, like I said, is things like legitimate reward, coercive, and information, things based on your position. Personal power is based on your uh, qualities, like referent and expert. Um, skipping forward a little bit, briefly just want to mention leadership and management. Uh, I, I think I posted a video for you to watch, a link to a video by John um, Cotter, a uh, former professor at Harvard. I don't know if he's still a professor there or not, but um, <clears throat> Cotter did a lot of research on leaders and, and, and distinguishing that from management. And oftentimes in our, in our business worlds, you'll hear people use those terms interchangeably. They think a manager is a leader and a leader is a manager that is technically not the case. You can be a manager and be a leader. You can be a manager and not a leader. You can be a leader and not a manager. So there's overlap, but they're not the same thing. Um, Cotter would argue that management is all about producing consistency and status quo, keeping things running efficiently and effectively, um, organizing, uh, problem solving. He would say leadership is about creating vision, establishing direction, getting people behind something, motivating them, inspiring them. That's leadership, and that's not the, quite the same as management. Both are necessary. One is not better than the other, but they're not the same. Um, you know, you, you need both to be successful. Cotter took some of his ideas from an original work by a guy named Zelnick um, from the 1970s who first articulated that leaders and managers are fundamentally different at their core, at the trait level, right? They're different types of people. Uh, He would argue that leaders are more like um, artists and scientists and people who think creatively and think outside the box and who are risk takers and who see the world differently, who oftentimes don't define themselves as part of a group, but rather see themselves as um, 
isolated and um, and 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 different in the way they think. Managers are more um, a part of the unit, a part of the company. They are they react to problems and put out fires. They try to solve problems. They try to um, increase efficiency in tasks. That's a manager function, not a leader function. So some interesting thoughts. If you're ever interested in the article by Zelnick, um, like I said, it's really interesting. I'm happy to send it to you, but uh, didn't want to add to your reading load.